This is Quotations, a podcast about words, written and spoken throughout history. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, we shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. No matter where you're from, your dreams are valid. The Pale Blue Dot, the only home we've ever known. Hello and welcome to Quotations. I'm Matthew Monroe. Here's today's quote. Quote, A good marriage is one where each partner secretly suspects they got the better deal. End quote. And I'll be honest with you, listener, this quote has had me frustrated and flummoxed for quite some time. I wanted to do this quote many, many episodes ago, but I couldn't because in the process of doing research for this, I was unable to identify who the speaker was. No idea who the originator is. And I really like this quote for a lot of reasons, obviously, as I'm bringing it to you. And more importantly, I'm also not bringing other quotes to you because I'm bringing this to you. And I very much wanted to identify its origin so that I could give you the context and the background and all the things that make really good quotes really great quotes. But alas, it seems like this is one of those quotes, and I do cover these from time to time, where the originator is just not clear. Sure, if you look online, you'll find this attributed to people, and the most common of them is Anne Lamott, who I'm sure is an excellent writer and speaker, but I cannot find any original document or recording of her writing or saying these words. I've done a variety of searches, I've dug through all of the methods and techniques that I know to try to find the origin of this quote, if it's hers, and I can't find it. I even reached out to her, and unfortunately did not get a response, so these words may be hers, but I don't know. They may very well be hers, but it's just as likely that, as with so many other quotes, someone attributes them to someone, and others do a quick search and they see that attribution and they repost it with the same attribution, and before you know it, that person might as well have said it because the internet says it be so. But as you know, I like to do better than that. I mean, I've scoured books and articles, microfiches of newspapers, I've driven to my local library, all to try to seek out a quote's provenance. That's how important it is to me. And in this case, with Anne Lamott, we're talking about a writer who is still very much alive. Her works are not that old. And often, that means they're available in digital, and therefore easily searchable, form. But try as I might, I couldn't find where Anne might have written these words. So Anne, if you're listening, and I'm certain that you are, if you said this, and I've got it wrong, please forgive me. If you're not Anne, and you're still listening to me explain how I couldn't find the origin of these words, first of all, thank you. And secondly, if you know who said them, please point me to it and I'll issue a correction. But for now, they'll remain unattributed. But immensely valuable nonetheless. Now I know many of my listeners are married, many for a very long time. And I suspect when you heard this quote, if you hadn't already heard it in some form during the course of your life, you thought to yourself, huh, yep, that's about right. I know I did. I am married to a wonderful woman whom I adore. And I suspect, if you're married, you feel similarly about your spouse. This is as it should be. For as much time, energy, and effort as we spend with our spouse, we had better admire, adore, and enjoy it. Perhaps not always. You know me, listener, I'm not a Pollyanna kind of guy. Every relationship has its challenges, and just as the comfort and familiarity of intimacy with a spouse is part of some people's recipe for a great life, it also exposes us and our partners to the worst of one another as well. And we touched on this a few weeks ago when we covered the quote, no man is a hero to his valet. Recall that the logic behind that quote's accuracy lay in the fact that because a valet 
spends so much time with his employer, he sees beyond the veneer and to the heart of the man, and therefore all the imperfections and shortcomings and inadequacies and insecurities. So too with our spouses. They have intimate, day in, day out, visibility of us. They know what makes us tick, what makes us weak, and what makes us strong. The best of them, and I wish these type of people surrounded us all, always, play to our strengths. They avoid and mask our weaknesses and generally make our lives better. I think we'd all agree on that. Sadly, we also know that this isn't always the case and that some people, some of the time, use that intimate knowledge to hurt. No more so is this true when you hear about divorce proceedings and custody battles over children. And what was once overlooked or tenderly observed without prodding is now used to damage and inflict pain and torment. In short, one of the prices that we pay for intimacy is exposure. My wife knows more than anyone how to help or hurt me. And I her. That exposure demonstrates trust. We trust that our spouses will take care of us and take care of that detailed information about what goes on under the hood and not use it for evil. And of course, my wife doesn't use it that way, and I'm grateful. But of course, this quote is about more than just trust and empathy and exposing our emotions and feelings and vulnerabilities to someone else. It's about recognizing that and that quiet feeling we have that we somehow lucked out. You've doubtlessly seen some romantic comedies and things like that in which someone leans into their significant other real close, whispers in their ear, how did I get so lucky? Or some variation of that phrase. And maybe you roll your eyes a bit, and rightfully so, it's, it's a movie after all. But I think if we're honest with ourselves, we all want that in some way. And now is as good a time as any to point out an important caveat to this quote, I think. And I can do this, of course, because whomever originally penned or spoke it is unknown to me, so I'm not putting words in their mouth. And the caveat is this, that while the quote itself references marriage specifically, I would argue that this applies to all of our relationships. Consider the quote, quote, A good marriage is one where each partner secretly suspects they got the better deal. End quote. Let's now consider some other relationships. What about friendship? That's the first one that jumps to mind. Let's try it. A good friendship is one where each partner secretly suspects they got the better deal. I think that works. That fits, right? What about a working relationship? A good working relationship is one where each partner secretly suspects they got the better deal. Yep. What about a dating relationship? I think that works. A parent and child relationship? Absolutely. Doctor-patient relationship? Sure, why not? What about a mechanic and a car owner? Okay, so maybe I've gone a little bit off the rails here. But overall, I think there are two key points of value nested in this quote. First, the idea here is that both people in just about any relationship recognize the value that their partner brings to the table. Awareness is key here. In order to feel like you get the better end of the deal, you must recognize what the other person is and does compared to yourself. Otherwise, how could you know you got the better deal? Secondly, the extension of this knowledge and recognition that you get the better deal is that you, therefore, feel compelled 
to improve and match or exceed your partner's contribution. In essence, by recognizing that your partner is, in your mind, better than you in a certain way, you have a mild but healthy feeling of inadequacy. And that drives you to be better. Right? And maybe inadequacy is not the the right word. Maybe you're just unsettled. Or maybe you are discontented. Maybe that's a better word. And you may or may not actually be inadequate or falling short or discontented or whatever. But if you feel like your partner treats you better than you deserve or better than you treat them, then it will likely drive you to try harder, to do more, to be more excellent. Now imagine both parties in the relationship thinking this way. Both partners look at each other with that cheesy rom-com glow in their eyes and think, wow, that person is incredible. I am so lucky. They're so good to me. What did I do to deserve them? And on and on and on. And, and that pushes them to do just a little bit more. To be just a touch more aware and attentive and loving and kind. Wow. I mean, what a relationship that will become. Both partners chasing the imaginary carrot on a string in front of them as they seek always to catch up to what they feel their partner is already doing for them. And the last piece here that I think is worth mentioning briefly is the secretly part of the quote. And you can't see me, but I'm doing air quotes with my fingers here. To secretly suspect that you got the better deal. Why add this part? Right? Why does it need to be a secret? We don't know who the originator of this quote is, but clearly they added the word secretly for a reason. And I don't think it was just for alliteration. It's not just secretly suspect, right? I think it was for a reason. And frankly, I don't know that it does necessarily need to be a secret that you feel this way. So perhaps I depart from the originator a little bit on this. But I can also see why it might be here. Suppose you made this known in a serious, non-rom-com kind of way. You tell your partner, you're so much better to me than I am to you. First, great, I appreciate your honesty, and it's cute and endearing in a movie or a Hallmark special, but in real life, well, where there's not a script, it can go awry. Perhaps it leads to some feelings of resentment. What if your partner takes from that the very serious idea of, hey, wait a minute, they're right. I am way better to them than they are to me. What then? Well, that could lead them to pull back. To start maybe keeping score of what you do for them versus what they do for you. It could lead them to feel unappreciated. And in the worst case, maybe abandon this relationship, friendship, working relationship, marriage, etc. For one that is more equitable. Or at least is perceived to be more equitable. So I think it stands that given the choice of keeping a secret or not, wisdom would say, keep it to yourself. You can and should acknowledge and recognize what your partner does for you. But be careful that that acknowledgement doesn't wind up being interpreted as inequality. So our takeaway today, I think, is to ask ourselves, relationship by relationship, who gets the better end of the deal? And if it's you, work harder. And if it's not you, well, maybe send your partner this episode and let them have a listen. Who knows how amazing your relationship may become? 
Until next time, I'm Matthew Monroe. This is Quotations, and thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app or visit me at quotationspod.com to download and listen. Please also take a moment to recommend the podcast to a friend. That's a huge help. You can tweet at me at quotationspod. Send me an email to quotationspod at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram at quotationspod or join the conversation on Facebook at quotationspod. I look forward to hearing from you, welcome your feedback, and thanks as always for listening.